doing, Zach Cassidy? Adam Henry, Bobby Jones, Jeff Jarrett, Joe Siddle, TJ Laramie, and Holy Mackinac, you're listening to Win City Sports. Yo, what's good? My name is Jake Moore, and thank you for streaming or downloading this episode of the Win City Sports Podcast. Win City Sports is Windsor's only local sports radio show and podcast. The radio show airs live on CJAM 99.1 FM in Windsor and Detroit every Thursday at 12.30 p.m. And you can hear replays of the show at 8 p.m. on Tuesdays. But you can catch every single episode of the Win City Sports podcast featuring full uncut interviews anytime on WinCitySports.com or anywhere podcasts are found, including iTunes, Spotify, and more. We have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that social media across the board, and we'll talk about that at the end of the show, as we normally do. But today is Thursday, June 13th, 2019, and it's episode 149 of Win City Sports. This week on Win City Sports, we're talking to a pro lacrosse player, uh, something that we don't do too often, that I want to do more often. Uh, we have had, uh, I think, only two lacrosse players in the past or two episodes, we had uh, Jake Juvenville and Andrew Garrett of the Windsor Clippers back in the beginning in 2016, uh, I think it was on the second or one of the first few episodes, uh, great interview with those Junior B players, Andrew went on to break break records in uh, Junior B lacrosse and get drafted to um, uh, somewhere, but uh, Dylan Riley as well, another Clipper who went on the, to uh, Senior A ranks, so um I wanted to get back into it, and I had noticed this guy's name in the news fairly recently. A uh, guy from Windsor, Ontario, he played for the Clippers. He actually played for the Fratman back when they were still there. He played for uh, the Warlocks as a minor. He's been in the National Lacrosse League for a few years now, actually. He spent most of his time with the infamous Toronto Rock. Uh, he was the first draft pick in the expansion draft for the new team, the Philadelphia Wings. It's Brett Hickey. He talked all about his playing career. Uh, also playing other sports like hockey, of course, growing up. Um, we talk about going pro, playing in Toronto, playing in Philly, and what else he's doing. He's doing some coaching. Uh, talk about you know living living the normal life uh, instead of uh, living that life of the rich and the famous as a pro athlete. Uh, so he talks about his whole career and uh, talks about some Windsor stuff too. You know, playing for the Clippers, uh, watching games, going to games, and all that stuff. So we're gonna jump into that interview in just a quick second. But I got to tell you about SeatGiant.ca. It's one of our sponsors. SeatGiant.ca is a ticket sales site. They have tickets to everything uh, in Windsor and across the border and beyond. We have local games including Windsor Spitfires and Windsor Express. We have Detroit Red Wings, uh, Detroit Tigers, uh, low prices, and all in American dollars. Or sorry, all in Canadian dollars. That's the catch. All in Canadian dollars so uh, you know what you're paying for. And better yet, you can get 5% off by putting in code WINCITY at seatgiant.ca all one word win city so now we're going to jump over to that interview with brett hickey here we go on right now we have a pro lacrosse player of the nll's newest team the philadelphia wings and actually the first pick in the expansion draft too uh windsor clippers and warlocks alumni brett hickey welcome to win city sports huh, thanks for having me absolutely man so like i said being a, a warlocks alumni i'm sure you've been playing lacrosse from a pretty young age uh yeah i've been Wow, well, because usually it's like hockey and lacrosse, right? Especially around here uh, in Canada and in Windsor alone. 
most people play hockey, maybe lacrosse or baseball in the summer. So uh, talking lacrosse players is always a little bit unique, right? Well, I, I played hockey in the winter, but that summer alone I played I played t-ball and lacrosse. And after that one summer, lacrosse stayed. It was a summer sport, and, and baseball went away, and I played hockey and lacrosse all growing up. I got you. I got you. I thought you were saying you kind of got away from, from everything and just focused on uh, lacrosse. No, no, no. I, I played, I played uh, both junior hockey and lacrosse. So was there ever a time where lacrosse kind of started to take over, or was it always kind of a first choice between uh, lacrosse and hockey? No, I, uh, I actually was, was a hockey first guy for the majority of my youth, uh, and even into junior. And then uh, my last year of, of junior, or second last year of junior lacrosse, a kid from Sarnia got an opportunity to play uh, junior A and, and, and got drafted, and um, I, I just felt at the time that if I was going to make a move in a sport, that it would have to be in lacrosse, and that's where I was kind of excelling. And um, that's kind of the, the last year of junior is really kind of when I made the the full commitment to lacrosse. And if I'm going to make a push at it, then I, I got to do it now, kind of thing. And uh, fortunately, I was uh, fortunate enough to get that opportunity. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the opportunity doesn't come to everyone, but just look at the pools between lacrosse and, and hockey. It's uh... The numbers are, are night and day, if you ask me. Yes, they are, and uh, but they are they are growing. Lacrosse is, uh, oh, yeah. is I think is is, uh, is booming, and especially in the states. And uh, you can you notice that by the amount of Canadians now that are going going across the border for for scholarships. Absolutely, yeah. College lacrosse is huge over there, and again, compared to us, it's it's night and day. Yeah, it's it's a great opportunity for for obviously kids to play play at the NCAA level and uh, having Canadian kids be, be successful in those programs and obviously get a good education out of it as well so it's, it's a great opportunity for them. Yeah, win-win. <laughs> yeah. So um, as you mentioned before, kind of talk about it, um, I, w- I was wondering if there was a moment of realization where you thought like, hey, I can pursue uh, lacrosse professionally and maybe that's a better route for me to go down and you did touch upon it. Was there? Did it ever like occur to you, or was it just it just happened? Uh, kind of a mixture of both, I guess. I mean, I was fortunate enough to get the opportunity and, and to play with some of the players that I did in Windsor that that allowed me to have some of the success that I had. But um, as mentioned, like there was there was a guy the year before that had got the opportunity, and and I felt you know obviously he was a great player like, to be able to get that opportunity, but I felt that I was able to match that caliber if not more if given the opportunity and um i went into that that final year of junior with a little bit of a different mentality and um you know obviously uh it, it, it panned out and i got the opportunity after having a good year got the opportunity to get drafted and have a few conversations with all teams and uh it took a while to actually make a full a full dance the league but uh, i got there and uh and, and here we are today yeah, so I guess it all just kind of happened as it as it went on. Um, like you had mentioned, though, going into that final year junior with like a new mentality, um, that's pretty much exactly what I was getting at. I just didn't know exactly how it happened for you, and if there at that moment, if you kind of started to take a different approach, maybe start doing some different things, getting yourself involved, and just getting your name out there, right, to to get noticed. Yeah, I, you know, I, I was having I was having the year I had in the last year, and the mentality was more around like if this guy can do it so can I but yeah. now I gotta go up it and I, I knew it internally and then I had to go show it um in my play and um as the year wore on and um 
some of the success that I was having grew, that confidence grew with it. And um, <clears throat> once that once that uh, confidence festers, it, it, it kind of amplifies and um, and it grows. And, and once you once you have that going for you, then, then the sky's the limit. And it was all a matter about then at that point having the conversations with people that were starting to recognize. Um, my, my potential and my, my potential skill set that I could bring to their to their franchises and um, had a couple of conversations and once I had those conversations in the, near the latter part of the season then uh, then that confidence you're like I can actually do this and then it was about um, marketing myself to to those teams because some of the teams actually and the team that drafted me actually never watched me play initially so um, about for marketing myself having conversations and answering questions that they that they had for me um, about my style of play and um, what I would be able to bring. And um, obviously, uh, stats would, would tell them a certain amount, but, um, you know, having those, those, those one-on-one conversations uh, went a long way down the stretch. Yeah, I always say those little things make a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> Just a small, small conversation go a long way. Networking, right? Yeah, all about who you know. So you had mentioned it a little bit, um, playing with the boys that you played here in Windsor. Uh, just tell me a little bit about your your junior experience, a little bit with the with the Clippers. And actually, when you started, they were still the Fratman too, right? Yeah, yeah, they were the Fratman. I uh, so I played. It was it was honestly a unique experience from the get go for me. Like I I uh, I built some some long life friends playing lacrosse and. And the majority of them have come from Windsor, and um, you know I, uh, I can speak to, to one gentleman in particular named Lonnie, and he uh, he and I are our best friends to the day, and he's he's four years older than me, and we started when he kind of was like a like a, an older brother to me when I was a young kid on the team, and we ended up going on a Founders run when we hosted it, and I think it was 2016, and uh, was able to have that experience and and learn from some of the, the players that I grew up watching in Windsor from a junior perspective and, and understanding kind of what they brought to the table and how they approach the game. And um, being a young guy playing with, with you know, a 15-year-old, a 16-year-old playing with 21-year-olds, you, you learn a lot at that age. Um, and uh, even though at the junior B level, those, those are the guys that I idolized and, and those are the guys that I tried to mimic and be when I was, when I was in minor. And being able to be a part of that, uh, that, that progress and, and, that, and that team, taught me a lot as I, as I went through the rest of my junior career and how I would carry myself and you know it just the, the long the long-term friendships will, will be will be forever had I mean I, I played with you know I ended my junior career playing with the same you know the same 10 or 15 guys that I grew up playing minor with and you know you go to their weddings now and you and you you know get introduced to your kids and you come back and you have barbecues and and you get to kind of reminisce about the good old days and you know those those memories never fade, and and whenever you you run into them, it could be a year down the road, or you could not see each other for three, four, five years, but you're always talking about those times you had together, and those are memories that uh, that that'll that'll last a lifetime. And you know, to be completely honest with you, I think that there are a lot at the time guys that were a lot better than I that I was that uh, could definitely be in this position that I am now. So, like you had mentioned before, that's why you're just grateful your for your position, eh? Yeah, it's it's a an honor to be able to, to play at the level that I do and, and get exposed to the opportunities that I do get based off of uh, playing lacrosse and even in the career that I'm in now if I didn't get to play lacrosse I wouldn't I wouldn't be be, be in the, the day job that I have so it's uh, it's something that I that I'm blessed 
to be able to be a part of and, and something that, uh, that I definitely cherish and recognize as a privilege. And because, uh, like I said, a lot of those guys that I grew up playing with, uh, you know, play for fun now, and, and that's fantastic, but could, could have definitely been here if given the opportunity. I like what you were saying about um, your experience in junior too. That's why I like to do these interviews. You know, it's cool to talk about um, stuff on the on the court or, or on the ice or whatever it might be. And obviously, we will talk some, some more about lacrosse. But I like actually just you know the back uh, the background stories, the the locker room stories, the bonding stories. That stuff I find uh, very cool. Yeah, and you know, and those are the ones, those are the things that make make the memories, right? It's the the time you spend with them outside of the outside of the, the arena, right? And it's the bus trips to to every game. You know, being in Windsor, your closest trip is an hour to an hour and a half away. So, you know, you spend a lot of time with these guys, and those are the memories and the times that you, you really remember. Obviously, you remember the championship run, but each individual game you might not remember, but it's those times in the bus that and, and in the locker room that, that you really remember and, and, and you and you reminisce about. Absolutely, man. You see it on every scale. Like I played uh, house league hockey growing up, and I, I just remember my friends from back then. I still keep in touch with them. So to see it at a professional level, it's just I don't know, cool stuff for for me to see. And I'm sure you went to uh, uh, Fratman games as a kid too. Talking about memories and uh, watching those guys play. I'm sure you were around the the Clippers or the Fratman as a kid too. Yeah, I was. I, like, I, like I mentioned, like I grew up watching Dave Hodges and Jamie Pelon playing and. You know, being able to, to play with with those guys, I mean, guys like Dave Reeve, those are all guys that were, were all-star lacrosse players for the Clippers and or the Fratman at the time, and who I grew up idolizing, and I got the opportunity to, to suit up and play with them and become friends with them, and, and that's, uh, that's stuff that, uh, as a kid, I would have never have thought at the time, and you get put into those positions, and then you grow those friendships, it's, it's pretty cool when you, when you look back and, and get to think about it. Yeah, like there could be people in places that you never cross paths with, and then you know maybe down the line realize, hey, you were in Point Edward or whatever. You know, um, I was actually going to ask you that too. Is if down the line, uh, being in the NLL now for a few years, if there's any cool moments that may have happened with someone that you may have watched, or even a coach or something like that. Actually, it's, uh, it's funny. I, there's a ton of those stories, and I can I can go on for forever about them, but. You know, even watching guys like Colin Doyle and Josh Sanderson, who are mm-hmm. Hall of Fame, you know, I got to be teammates and friends with them, and that's you know that you know where I have their numbers and they text me and, and we, when we text back and forth once or twice a year, and you know you just keep in touch and you have those memories of playing with them. And um, but I grew up watching them for the majority of my life. You know, I I coach right now with that. Uh, he's the captain of the Calgary Roughnecks and just won a championship in Dan McRae, and I coach junior A lacrosse at Burlington, and. He actually is. The, he was on the team that beat the Windsor Clippers in, or the Windsor Fratman in the Founders Cup final the year that I that I played. So like you, you, you get these connections and with these guys that uh, that you never never would have thought you would have known. It's cool, man. That's the coolest part of, part about sports, you know. Yeah, it ties it ties everybody together. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. At the end of the day, everyone's a, just a human being, and I'm sure you know those guys on a personal level. But sometimes it's cool to take a step back and be like. That's pretty cool, you know. I'm <laughs> texting uh, uh, whoever. Yeah, it is. You know, and I, I'm still in on. You know, it's, it's uh, like I said, it's it's a, it's a dream, childhood dream come true, and um, you know, you you don't you don't take it for granted. You you, you cherish it and you and you respect it, and um, you know, you you recognize the the role 
role that you're playing and, and the, the time that you get to have these people. And um, again, this is stuff that you'd be able to, to share with kids you either coach or influence down the road. And, you know, when, when they talk about, you know, some of their childhood dreams and, you know, it's, it's stuff that you can kind of relate to. And um, it goes, it goes a long way when, uh, when you get to share those stories with, with, with them and um, be able to use those as teaching moments and, uh, for, for when they either have hardships or their dreams are, they, what they feel their dreams are getting crushed or being, and some of the, the persuasion that can kind of go into some of those stories. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you're just a kid from Windsor, right? That's all it is. I always say it's the most beautiful place on earth. It is. Honestly, I love Windsor. <laughs> we could talk about that all day, but I do want to go back a little bit, actually, just uh, at the end of your time here with, with the Clippers and then getting drafted. Um what was the draft experience like? Um, I'm not sure if you were drafted to Washington because you mentioned you're drafted and then uh, went all around uh, negotiating and stuff like that. But what's the experience like? Is it is it long? Is it is it like other sports? Is it multiple days or, or what's uh, what's the draft like for the NLL? Well, it's been it's been changed since I was drafted, um, but they, it was it was a smaller affair where like nowadays they have a bigger a bigger audience. They have uh, an actual, they fly everybody down to Philly, and they have the, the first round draft picks, the projected first round draft picks there, even some of the second round draft picks there to meet the team and meet the coaches and to get some swag. For me, it was uh, it was all, it was still done online, so um, you know they still had a combine, but I was told to kind of they wanted me to this is the Washington stuff wanted me to stay under the radar a little bit. Um, at the time when I was talking to Doug Walker, who was the GM at the time. Um, they, they had their first pick in the third round, and they, they liked me enough where I could either be picked in the third round or I'd be picked in the in the final round, which was six rounds at a time. And um, it just mattered of, of where things were being placed and who was available. And um, But they didn't want me to go to the combine because they didn't want me to draw attention to, to myself. And uh, they kind of wanted it to be a low-key pick that they were that they were happy with. And um, I ended up going, I think it was 43rd in the fifth round, and um, after that, it was pretty much taking it ready for training camp. This is our itinerary. This is the schedule. And um, come November, I was on a flight out to uh, to Langley, BC for my first uh, first training camp. Quick process. It is. It was very quick, just compared to others, right? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they they connect with you a few, you know, three four weeks before you have some some conversations about who you are, you answer some questionnaires, um, and then. They say, "Okay, we're going to draft you." And then I watched the draft online with my family, uh, projected it onto our TV, and um, about three picks before it happened, he was texting me throughout the entire draft. And about three picks before it happened, he "Okay, we're picking you now." And um, I got the phone, official phone call. I heard my name get called, and um, then we were planning, basically planning the next uh, the next steps, which is uh, attending training camp. That's awesome, man. So you played a few games in Washington, a few in, in Vancouver before landing in Toronto. Um, how did that kind of come to be? And I'm going to kind of assume that you were happy to sign in Toronto, not too far from home with guys like uh, Colin Doyle, like you had mentioned before, right? Yeah, so I mean, it was, it was kind of a unique experience. So obviously I, I was coming from Junior B and um, not to say I didn't have great coaching because I did and I, I learned a lot from the coaches I had in Windsor, but um a lot of the guys that I was going up against had played junior, junior A lacrosse, and some senior A lacrosse. So I still had a lot to learn as a player. And, and looking back, um, I had, obviously 
me would say that I could have. But um, if I look back on it, I had a lot to learn and how to be a professional and how to approach the game and, and how to manage my time and, and, and how to be you know be the player that I that I wanted and aspired to be. And even though at the time I, I felt I could be, and um, so there was there was a lot of growing pains in the first three years of my career. And um, you know I, I played six games to start, I think, and then uh, you know the team wasn't doing well and. You know, this is, uh, at the end of the day, it's a business, and it's about winning and winning now. And if they have all of anything like any other sports, like football, it's what can you do for me now, or else we'll, we'll kind of move on kind of thing. And, um, you know, we were, I think we were 1-5 and five or 2-4 and four and uh, heading into the sixth game, and they got an opportunity to uh, trade for a veteran player who was proven. And, um, you know, that's where I kind of ended up having to take a back seat, and I got moved to the practice roster where – I spent the remainder of that season and my second, my entire second season without seeing a, a game and just doing practices and playing playing senior A ball in the summers. And um, team then relocated to to Vancouver and uh, made the active roster again, but still in and out of the lineup. Team was struggling a little bit, and uh, though I was feeling like I had individual success, and you know a lot of the guys that I, that were playing ahead of me in in Vancouver. Um, I was having more success than in the summer. I was having more success than them in summer lacrosse. So I knew I could play. It was just about kind of getting that uh, that full time opportunity. And so I think about a quarter of the way through the season, they asked me to move back to the practice roster. And um, Doug and I had a had a, a conversation and decided that you know what, like if I'm going to make a run at this, I, it's clearly not going to be with with Vancouver and. Uh, you know, for whatever reason, they had they had their reasonings about who they wanted to to, to use and who to play, and we decided to part ways. And uh, I was released from the team, and um, had a had basically one last kick of the can in terms of having a good summer. The summer before, um, Terry Sanderson approached me and wanted to see if I wanted to sign in Toronto, but I was loyal to the Vancouver at the time. I knew I was going to at least I was being told I was going to get an opportunity, and um, so I stayed loyal there and. Lo and behold, I had another good summer after being released, and uh, Harry Sanderson came uh, came back around. There was an injury to Garrett Billings, who at the time was probably the most prolific scorer in, in LL history at the time, being the first 100-point scorer three years in a row. And he ended up uh, tearing his ACL, and they needed somebody to come in and fill fill his shoes while he recovered. And uh, I came in as a as an unrestricted free agent, and. Um, had a, had a great start to the year where they ended up actually trading Garrett and uh, I ended up uh, paving paving myself a, a career and, and having a good year. It's pretty awesome, man. You know, especially for being around here, uh, the first thing when you think of professional lacrosse is the Toronto Rock. So to be able to play there, it's got to be pretty cool. I'm sure that almost four-year experience for you was something very, uh, something that you cherish. It was, it was honestly a, Again, I'm going to sound very cliche, but a dream come true. I mean, again, it was a it was a team I grew up watching and idolizing. I was uh, Colin Doyle was my favorite player growing up, and you know, I got an opportunity to put the jersey on of the team that I grew up watching and idolizing. That most players in Ontario grow up watching and idolizing, and um, to be able to to do that, to walk through the tunnel of the ACC amongst the, the Toronto Rock fans who are unbelievable. Um, among some of the, the great players and names that have worn the jersey, um, it was a surreal moment. It was it was something I never knew uh, to be possible, and, and when given the opportunity, um, it was something that uh, that I can be look back and be proud of. 
That's awesome, man. So we'll fast forward uh, to pretty much present time. Uh, last year, we had the expansion team with the Philadelphia Wings. Obviously, you mentioned before, and if I'm not mistaken, you're the first pick in that expansion draft. What was uh, going through your mind at that time when you heard your name called? Well, you know, I, I, I knew that they were going to pick me. Uh, okay. You know, it was a bit bitter. It was a bit bittersweet uh, at the time because you build relationships over four years with with the with that with the Toronto Rock group, and you know, again, you know, um, you consider those guys brothers and. And you, you build great friendships, and uh, you know to the point where you're you're going to guys' weddings, and um, you know you you build those types of friendships, and you go on championship runs, and there's just bonds that are created that are so unique that that you 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 have a lifetime with, and um, you know you want to win with those guys, um, but then to be a part of a new franchise and to have have a role that. Um, would be new to me in this league. You know, I was I was always kind of a second or third option um, to the team, and, and that was a role that I that I cherish and, and, and love being. And but it was an opportunity for me to kind of step in and uh, and be a leader for a team and, and, and be somebody that uh, a team would rely on to to help their offense and grow their offense. And but not only from that standpoint, but to rebrand and and rebuild a team. Um, that has so much history behind it. You know, it was a city that Philadelphia that lost its team, didn't want to move, but uh, because of ownership, they ended up relocating and, and, and the fans lost something that they've had since the 70s. And, you know, to, to be a part of it and be amongst those fans, you know, I don't know if there's a, if there's a more passionate group. They, they love the, the, the sport. They love the team. They love the players. And, you know, they, they are blue collar through and through. And, and I think that that's part of that's a part of my game that I try and bring to the table. And a lot of the the guys that they selected in that draft, and a lot of the guys that they brought in free agency, reflect the culture that they have in Philadelphia. And it, it's it's been a great experience being able to be a part of the reboot. And uh, you know, I think we're we're on the cusp of something special, and have a have a group that can really kind of take this team to the next level and to the next stratosphere and, and bring championship lacrosse back to Philadelphia. That's cool, man. That's a very cool mentality to have about it, obviously, like you said, leaving a team that you were comfortable with and wanting to play for. Um, but, you know, um, taking on the new role is very cool. And like you mentioned, it's a new group, a uh, brand new team. How, what was the experience like uh, from the beginning? Well, it was, it was, it was fantastic from the beginning. Unfortunately, uh, you know, I, I had an injury in the summer that, that got re-aggravated and required me to have surgery this year. Um, and, and to miss it's the majority of the season, um, but to be amongst those guys, you know, I was still trying to be involved and, and help. You know, we're a young team at the end of the day, and so I just try to bring value in, in any way that I can. And some of that's through experience and just uh, you know being there to, to help the guys through on, on game day. It, you know, explaining to them what I'm seeing at a uh, at a higher at a higher level. You know, watching the game from from from, from above kind of thing and. Um, trying to do anything I can to help the team have success and um, our team is super receptive to that we have a group I would probably say one of the best locker rooms around in terms of guys and, and teammates and, and what they're looking to do everybody is for the, the success of the team and nobody's above the team everybody's looking to um, have the same goal which is hoist the, the championship cup above their heads and um, that's what motivates and drives this team and to be able to be a part of that is, is something special and Say that my fire is feeling for, for next year to actually be more of a contributor on the floor 
um, would be an understatement. I can't wait to, to strap on and go to war with those guys. And, um, you know, we lost we lost eight games by two goals or less, and that's something that's rare in this league, but it's also an aspect of the game that I bring to the table. And even if you turn half of those into wins, we're in a playoff spot and you're, you're, you're fighting for a championship. And once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. So I'm excited to be a part of this and, and, and looking forward to the next uh, – the next four years and, and you know hopefully ending my ending my career with uh, with Philadelphia having some longevity there awesome and so during the regular season are you going to be living in Philly and what's it like out there uh no I, I have a I have a full-time job so I work uh I work in a sales position in in the, in the GTA and live in live in Guelph and uh so the the cadence is essentially if we play on a Saturday we'll fly in Friday afternoon practice Friday night play Saturday and then fly out Sunday Gotcha. And you had mentioned doing some coaching back here in Ontario, so I'm sure, obviously, um, back home, basically, just in the GTA, uh, getting involved in junior lacrosse and stuff like that, right? Yeah, so this is my second year with uh, with the Burlington Chiefs Junior A team. Um, I did my first year uh, coaching the offense on the junior, uh, the Oakville Buzz team, um, the junior B. And then uh, Dan McCray, who I, who I know well through summer lacrosse, uh, approached me and, and wanted uh, some help on the offensive side of the ball um, as the head coach. And so I coached the offensive side of the uh, of the ball in Burlington for the last two summers now. And um, it's a fantastic experience. We have, a, we have a great group of young men and we have a, a unique opportunity where we feel that uh, last year and this year was our, is our chance to kind of make a, a Canadian championship run. And um, we, have a, we have a fantastic group of young lacrosse players who will have long-term people uh, it's cool to help to develop that and then to be a part of it and to see their, to see their growth. So it's, uh, it's a unique experience in itself. Yeah, it's a whole other experience for you pretty much, right? It very, very much is. And, uh, you know, the, the passion that they bring and the feel that they bring to their to their junior games and, and to what they, they want to do and learn is uh, is inspiring in, in, in itself. And, you know, it, it, uh, it's a different perspective as a coach um, and it's definitely my love for the game and uh there's an aspect of coaching that uh and satisfaction in coaching that just playing doesn't give you and it, it, it's 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 very cool to be a part of be a part of something special like that absolutely man well that's pretty much gonna wrap for us it's uh it was great to catch up with you and you know hear what a kid from windsor's doing in the professional lacrosse leagues and stuff like that so i uh, appreciate it man i appreciate you having me Okay, Drake DeMora back here on the podcast. That was Brett Hickey, a pro NLL lacrosse player for the Philadelphia Wings. Um, enjoyed that conversation, actually. It was really good. Um, it was cool to talk to. Like, you know, I've been talking to a lot of hockey people, uh, coaches, athletes, and uh, whatnot. And we have a lot more coming up, just uh, fair warning. But it was cool to talk to you know Canada's, uh, Canada's national sport, our oldest sport, lacrosse to talk to a lacrosse player so that was pretty cool uh, but now we're going to wrap up the podcast this week with some local news and uh first off actually i have a little bit of announcement uh said last week on the podcast i will be gone to italy for the next two weeks so we will have pre-recorded episodes uh for the next two weeks and pre-recorded c jam radio episodes so uh follow us on social media so follow me drake demore at drake demore on Twitter and Instagram to follow my trip to Italy. Uh, we will be posting some cool stuff, obviously, just in general. And on the Wind City Sports uh, 
um, page, we will be just posting some random stuff and still keeping up with the podcast. But uh, I want to tell you about the Windsor Clippers Junior B Lacrosse team. They actually wrap up their 2019 season today uh, through Sunday with three games all on the road. They play tonight in Port Port Edward, tomorrow against the Six Nations, and wrap it up Sunday in Alora. Uh, they're coming off a 10-7 win over Wallaceburg last Thursday in their last home game of the season. The Windsor Rogues Rugby Club has another home game on Saturday at AKO Park on Alice and Bernard near Herman High School. This Saturday at 1.30 p.m., they take on the Stratford Black Swans. The St. Clair Green Giants had eight games in the last seven days. Uh, They kicked off their season as the college baseball team, and they continue tonight as they wrap up game three, uh, their three-game series with Muskegon, the Muskegon Clippers. Um, They went one and two against Siena Heights University and are currently sitting in second place in the North Division. But that's it this week on Wind City Sports. My name is Drake Moore, and I'm here every Thursday with a brand new episode of the Wind City Sports Podcast on Spotify, iTunes, WindCitySports.com, the brand new Border City Podcast Network, and anywhere podcasts are found. Um, we also have a radio show, Wind City Sports Radio, in the afternoon every Thursday, live at 1230 on CJAM 99.1 FM. And you can hear replays on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. You can follow Wind City Sports on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Simply search up, search up Win City Sports, Win City, all one word, or where applicable, our handle is at WinCity underscore sports. And again, my uh, social media on Instagram and Twitter is at DrakeDemore. Follow us for some Italy stuff over the next two weeks, and to keep in touch with the podcast. So until next week, smell you later.